Joining us on Talk of the Town is Andrew Seward. Of course, we talked to him many times with his uh, role at Blue Mountain Village Association. But today we're talking to him as a member of the group that is bringing Collingwood pride to our community from the Rainbow Club of South Georgia Bay. Andrew, uh, thank you for joining us and happy Pride Month. Ah, thank you, John. Happy Pride Month to you, too. It's a pleasure to be here. Andrew, let's talk about Pride Month in general. Why do we have a Pride Month? How, how do we celebrate this? What, how do we commemorate this? Sure, and where did it all begin, yeah. I think, is a, is a good question. So uh, there's a very famous um, event that took place way, way, way back in 1969 in the United States, and it's called the Stonewall Inn Riots. And that was a, it still exists. It's a, it's a, a small inn, and, a, and there was a bar, a nightclub, and the police in New York City kept raiding the club um, because, of course, um, being gay was uh, illegal at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the one night in June of 1969, the performers uh, and the community there just had enough of the raids. And it was, in fact, a uh, well-known fact that many drag performers that were there took to the streets and fought back against the police. And a, and a, and a large riot took place. So the sort of the lore around Pride being June goes way back to 1969 and uh, a group of community members being tired of being raided. But here in Canada, many similar events took place in, in local clubs and local establishments. Um, uh, you know, interesting to note, there are a number of really strong and important community bookstores, both in Vancouver and in Toronto, that were continually censored and raided and, uh, and really led the charge in fighting for um, anti-discrimination, anti-censorship here in Canada. And so June uh, was just the month that we had this history and that kept going forward. Lots of protests in large cities in North America. And so we have that history. Today it's a celebration but, you know, back in 1969, um, the community were fighting for things like, you know, uh, um, the stop to discrimination, job security, uh, censorship, uh, and the ability to, you know, love whomever you choose. Uh, and so um, we, we continue to celebrate today. In some communities, there's still a lot of protests uh, and need to improve the situation for people. But it's also a celebration today as well of our history and community. Some people might say, you know, we should be proud of of gay culture all around the year, not just June. Uh, <laughs> you know, is there is there something inherently wrong in saying, well, you know, being gay is so different, we have to recognize it in June? <laughs> no, I think it's it's like any community. It's like any time to come together and celebrate and to just you know take some time out of everyday life and just remember the past and uh, focus on the future. So uh, I think it's really appropriate to do that. Most communities have a time of the year where they want to raise awareness to a certain issue. And that doesn't mean that the work goes away in the other 11 months of the year. And I also think, you know, just honestly, June, it's finally summer. Canada's a lot, you know, these long winters. Um, finally, the weather is warm and we get a chance to go outside. So I think there might be a little bit of just basic uh, geography in it too. <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk about the gay community and and why these pride celebrations are are so popular and and you know you're talking about it now as a celebration but in in you know, as you also mentioned it used to be about a struggle 
Does that okay. struggle continue, or are we now celebrating that, hey, we made it? Oh, no, the struggle definitely continues. There are, um, there are communities uh, across the country that, that, that still uh, are very difficult for people to live and be out and be who you are. Um, you know, we're seeing a, a really important awareness building around the trans community and understanding of what that experience is like. Uh, and there's a lot that, that still needs to change to support uh, the, the members of our community. Uh, so I think that there's still a fair bit of work to do. And, you know, there's a big there's a big concept that we talk a lot about, and that's intersectionality. So it's one thing for um, LGBTQ people to, to live in, in um, uh, you know, without, without challenges, without barriers. But um, w- it's also a movement that ensures that in- inclusivity uh, transcends just sexuality, it's gender, it's um, the community that you, you, you come from, um, it's, it's black voices, it's, um, you know, people with disabilities. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking at what, what has recently come out of um, the residential schools um, and this, this very difficult uh, time we're all in and understanding that discrimination is very real. I mean, there are communities across Canada that don't have proper drinking water. So, you know, um, discrimination in all forms still exists. And I think the pride movement is increasingly connected to all of those movements as well. And so, you know, we all won't, we all won't say we've made it until we've all made it. So I think there's a real movement toward connecting the struggles and issues with the LGBTQ community with other communities. For those who, who might not know, you know, the struggles of, of what it, of, of what the gay community has, has had to go through and, and continues to go through, what can you tell them, someone who's completely new to, to, to realizing that this is an issue? Well, I think one of the challenges, and I'll just you know, sort of speak from my own personal experience, is that the, the world is, is quite heteronormative in that you know, the culture is such that you, know, you grow up, the culture expects that you might uh, start you know, dating the opposite sex, you're going to get married, you're going to have kids. You know, there's this sort of path that is expected in everyday life. And when you grow up as a young person and you're, uh, you know, you're part of the LGBTQ community, your, your very existence is, is a bit different from the norm. And so that means that the things you learn in school are different. The messages that you hear uh, on television or in books are, is a little bit different. Um, the opportunities might not be there for you. You have to explain to, you know, your family, your friends, the people around you that you have, uh, that you're different. And uh, so that can be a very daunting experience. And that's in the, I would say, the, the nicest of terms. And then on top of that, you may have to deal with people who have different beliefs, who do not believe that uh, um, you have the right to live your life the, the way you, you want to. Um, there are institutions and political movements that are actively working against your rights and freedoms. Um, you know, there was a time in Canada where, um, you know, you could lose your job if, you, if, it, if it turned out that you were gay or lesbian, bisexual, transgender. The trans community today faces many of these barriers. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so I think that's something that I think a lot of people might not realize is that from a very young age, you are you are different. The systems aren't really set up to recognize you, and so you have to sort of swim against the stream a fair bit, and that is very difficult. 
Um, and so, uh, you know, why we work so hard as a community is to help people find resources. You know, the Rainbow Club of South Georgian Bay, the, the whole purpose behind it was just to create a community where people could find each other. And what we found was some of the people who reached out to us the most at the very beginning were um, parents of young kids saying, you know, my kid has come out as, as gay, trans, um, and we don't have any resources for them. They don't have a community. They don't have access to friends who they can relate to. Think about what it was like when you were, you know, of, you know, coming of age and you had your, you had your friends and you had things in common with each other. Imagine how isolating it is when you, you don't have that. So, you know, that's part of what the Rainbow Club is all about is helping people connect. Um, and the beauty is, is there's actually quite a vibrant community across South Georgian Bay. I was going to ask you about how large is the gay community locally here and and does is it is it difficult is it more difficult growing up gay in a in a small rural community than it would be say if you were in a in a Toronto or a Hamilton or a London It can be. Yeah, it can be just because generally there are not the same community support. Mm. So, you know, the South Georgian Bay area, I mean, we're 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 more known for our um retiree uh, right. communities than we are for our, our youth. In fact, we've had quite an out-migration of youth over the years. So, you know, those structures supporting youth haven't, aren't, aren't as plentiful as, as others. So, um, you know, your larger communities, there's a, there's, a, there's a congregation of people and resources. So uh, in, in smaller communities, it is, it is more difficult. But with that said, um, what we are finding is that there is a, what we know, I should say, is that there's quite a, a large community. You know, it starts with a base of, of who South Georgian Bay is. So lots of retirees, lots of people like myself who left the city and chose to, to move to that area to forward our, to, to forward my career and other mm-hmm. things. And so, um, the community is there and we've, we've, we've started to find each other and connect. And I think that's why the Pride Festival has resonated so much because people are going, wow, um, I can celebrate this in my own community. I don't have to drive to Toronto or go to Montreal or Vancouver. We have an event here. Um, so I think it's changing in smaller towns. You are seeing that across the country. But it is still, it is still difficult because the resources may not be there. Um, you know, th- there's a general rule of thumb that, uh, you know, somewhere around 10% of the population uh, comes from the LGBTQ community. Um, so you just sort of do the math in our, our community, and it's going to be a smaller number. But still significant i know it's very subjective but i'm going to ask in your opinion yeah uh, what grade would you give canada the nation in terms of its acceptance and its engagement with the gay community and what and what grade would you give our community in terms of that same reference i'm going to say i would give canada i'd give canada a b plus and i think um and I think that there's a reason for that. I mean, we're lucky globally. I think Canada is a very safe place. Um, we have very, lots of rights and protections. But, you know, I am of an age where I remember when, uh, you know, marriage equality came into be. I remember um, some of the legal battles when I was very young. And what I remember was they didn't come from legislators saying, we need to make this right. We're going to go forward and change the law. It came from... Um, organizations like Little Sisters Bookstore and Glad Day Bookshop in Toronto and Vancouver fighting against censorship and actually fighting against our government and winning at the Supreme Court. 
So while I think things are good in Canada, I don't think it's because of the Canadian government of the day. I think it's because of the great people and the community who fought back. So, you know, and, you know, and I'm going to bring it back to this uh, reckoning with residential schools today. Um, We're not seeing our governments and leaders proactively coming forward and saying, we're going to make amends. They're still fighting the Indigenous <laughs> communities in, in court. Right. So that's where, that's where the B plus, and perhaps I might even downgrade that the more I talk about it. Um, but so I think that's something that is never far from my mind is that, you know, the community, this hasn't happened because people have cared as much. It's happened because the community has been strong, come together, um, and, uh, and fought for itself. Um, the community of Collingwood in, in the South Georgian Bay area, I think we've come a long way. I remember, uh, back in 2015, the town of Collingwood, then, then council re- refused to fly a, a rainbow flag. Uh, and the excuse was, well, if we have to allow that flag, then we have to allow others. So that's not a very welcoming and uh, acceptable um, kind of approach. But things have changed quite a lot. And I think a big part of that is because the community has come together to educate, to create the Rainbow Club, to create pride festivals, and to show people. So here we are now, six years later, and the town of Collingwood is uh, going out of its way to to paint a, um, a crosswalk, an inclusive crosswalk okay. of all members of the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, and the town of Collingwood specifically really went out of its way to make sure it was done right and, and very inclusive. So in a short period of time, we've come a long way. So I would say the community is very good. But uh, if I can tell you another story. Yeah. So my colleagues on the Rainbow Club, John Miller, myself, uh, Amy and Shelby um, Wartz, Amy Gabriel, Shelby Wartz, uh, we started the Rainbow Club, you know, a few years ago, and I remember we did one of our first events. We had about 80 people show up. Um, it was age ranges from 17 to 70, which was really cool. Like, you know, uh, different communities, um, different backgrounds, um, all coming together. And I remember John and I, we were pretty proud of ourselves. We were like, oh, this is great. Look at, the, look at this community coming together. It was such a progressive environment. We were feeling really good about ourselves. And then this young server came up to us and said, wow, you know, thanks for doing this, you guys. I'm really happy that you're building this awareness. Um, you know, it's still really hard for me at work. My, my boss keeps telling me I need to tone it down when I'm on the job because I'm going to offend our customers. Oh, my. And I am very familiar with what the tone it down yep. uh, sentence is. It means butch it up, act straight. And, uh, and so John and I were like, oh, okay, you know, John, Dr. John Miller and Andrew Sigward of Blue Mountain Village Association, people are probably not going to give us a hard time. But the 17-year-old server who, you know, is young and new and maybe doesn't have that same kind of uh, status, they're still facing barriers. So I think I'm going to give our community that same grade. I think we're making good strides, but we have work to do. And uh, I think that's the whole point. That's the whole point of Collingwood Pride. It's, it's, it's engagement, it's education, um, and, you know, it's, you know, we all have a lot of work to do, and, you know, this year has been a struggle. All of us on the, on the board of the Rainbow Club and all of our volunteers and uh, the, the amazing event producers and, and colleagues, we're doing all this work for those people who, who have reached out and said, I need some support, I need to connect to other youth in my community, I'm a parent with a trans son and I don't have any resources. So, you know, Pride is going to be a festival and a, and a, and a, um, a celebration, but we really hope that it's going to raise awareness of the community and then help us build 
more bridges to community assets and, and to help people connect. Uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of rainbows being flown this month. It's very mm-hmm. encouraging, very inspiring. But beyond the flag waving, what mm-hmm. what would you like people to do? The friends and neighbors of of our gay community. What do you, what would you ask them to do or consider or think about, especially this month? Well, I I always like the idea of uh, when you. When you see people, when you see, um, let's say you see a neighbor that's got a rainbow flag flying on their front porch and you see them outside, go talk to them. Ask them some questions. Mm. Um, let them know that you, you think it's very cool that they have that flag flying and maybe they're an ally of the community or maybe they are a, a young couple that's moved here. And just ask questions. I think, I think today we're in this era where people are really a, a bit afraid to ask questions. They're nervous. They're going to say the wrong thing. Um, and I think at the end of the day, just connecting with people is what matters most. And I think when people have uh, a lack of understanding of a different community, um, you, you tend to just sort of hold back. And I think the best thing to do is jump in and, and ask questions. And I would say that with the LGBTQ community. I would say that with, you know, uh, new Canadians and others, you know, just make a connection and you'll learn a lot. Don't be afraid to use the wrong terminology because that's how you're going to learn the right one. Exactly. Because you know what? People people understand the genuineness of intent versus the, the using the wrong word. Right. And, uh, and I think that the community is very, uh, you know, people crave connections, especially now. So, you know, reach out, talk to people. And, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions if you don't understand something. Uh, I think that's always good, too. And um, in addition to that, you know, the other adage I always provide is, you know, when if you hear someone, you know, using a slur or using language that is prejudicial, challenge them. Ask them why they're saying that. I think we need to do more of that. Andrew, it has been awesome to talk to you. I wish you all the best for Pride Month. And uh, also, I want to just remind folks that July 16th and 17th is the Collingwood Pride virtual event. We've yet to actually get this event out onto the street, but we're getting close. (laughs) We're getting close. And what we're going to find is Really great speakers from the community, some great inspirational uh, performers uh, and and talks uh, from across Canada. And then we have some great entertainment as well. And like we started with the, the conversation about where it all began and mm. Stonewall and the drag performers. That's why drag is so culturally relevant today. That's why we have the performers with us. They're a part of the history of the community. But we got some really great online performances. And then don't forget, there's two other things. There's some merchandise people can buy on the Pride website. And uh, also we have a really great uh, product uh, called Pride in a Box. So you can order it and it comes shipped right to your door. And it's everything you would need to decorate your front porch, Aww. to decorate your yard. And you don't have to leave the house. You can stay safe and still celebrate in a, in a different way. Andrew, if people want to follow up with more about the Rainbow Club of South Georgian Bay or about Collingwood Pride, where can they go? They can go to uh, pridecollingwood.com, and of course, they can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Andrew, thank you so much for your time with us here on Talk of the Town. Thanks, John. Happy Pride.